Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Greetings, hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike, and we're joined by our ghost in the machine, Slick Frank Sanders. What is up, Hushling Slick Frank Sanders here? Mike, Dave, it's a good time. It is a very good time. Feeling schmexy. Oh yeah. yeah, big day, big day. Welcome to season four. What if the body you inhabit is nothing more than lines of code? What if everything around you is made up of intricate binary strings and all you knew and was is literally just data and a supercomputer? This week, we'll be immersed in the metaphorical matrix, delving into the science and insights of simulation theory. But before we get all jacked in... Make sure to follow us on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us on the official website of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, www.hushhushsociety.com. Where you can find all of our episodes, blogs, news, you can drop a review. And you, the Hushling, can purchase the drippiest of the drip Hush Hush apparel. Also, do not. Also, stay tuned for our Patreon coming in November. Yeah, looking forward to the Patreon, boys. Got some uh, some goodies for the hushlings out there. My gas tank hungry. Ugh, for real. Like we said in the live show, in case you missed it, it's going to be pretty much two price points. somewhere around there. And we're going to give you a bunch of goodies, a bunch of extra segments, a bunch of maybe outtakes, some other incredible things that we've been working on. This season is going to be one for the books. A hoot nanny. Yeah, real hoot nanny. We got some good guests lined Mm -hmm. up. Uh, We got some more cryptid chronicles coming your way. More declassified discussions. We got. Yes. And the new segments, Hushlings are gonna be amazing so well worth it well worth it it's worth the two or five dollars for sure season four is gonna be a banger (laughs) well my fellow sims let's start the game you're a fucking sim you're a fucking sim you're a sim you're a sim (laughs) you're a fucking sim (laughs) oh we started season four off wonderfully now according to simulation theory or the simulation hypothesis All of the current existence that people are aware of, including the Earth and the rest of creation, could be nothing more than an artificial computer simulation. That implies our true bodies or true forms, similar to the Matrix movies, could be plugged into some sort of computer interface. This could be done voluntarily or by superior civilizations through coercion. Or even more horrifying, we are not a real entity, but rather a line of code. That's a scary thought right there, if you really think about it. Let that settle. So we're just sims. Marinating that. (laughs) Seriously, just uh, if you have kids, just look them in the face right now. Tell them they're not real. 
Even worse, we're all in like a really crappy $90 Dell. Um, <laughs> it's like one from your high school library. Yeah. We're all on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. You're going to die for dysentery. The inception of simulation theory, you would think, is a recent concept. Although the underlying idea that reality is an illusion has a lengthy philosophical and scientific history. This notion can be traced back centuries. For example, the Chinese philosopher Zhuangzi wrote about this in his story The Butterfly Dream. He wrote, quote, Suddenly he woke up and there he was, solid and unmistakable Zhuangzi. But he didn't know if he was Zhuangzi who had dreamt he was a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming that he was Zhuangzi. Between Zhuangzi and the butterfly, there must be some distinction. This is called the transformation of things, end quote. That was pretty wild. Trippy man. <laughs> I read some stuff on the butterfly dream. It goes pretty deep. But think about it. I mean, like, if a butterfly is dreaming, could it dream to be a human? Or could the human be dreaming it's a butterfly dreaming it's a human? Ooh, we can just keep going in circles. It's super philosophical. And if you really look into not necessarily simulation theory, I mean, simulation theory is part of it. But if you look into a lot of the philosophy behind believing that we're not in a, quote, real plane of existence, it's mind blowing. It goes very deep and it's very scary, honestly. <laughs> mm hmm. I want to crack into why that might be scary later. I want to dig into your guys' heads. In Indian philosophy, there is Maya. Translated to magic or illusion, it is explained as, quote, a magic show, where things appear to be present but are not what they seem. In the Advaita Vedanta school of Hindu philosophy, Maya is, quote, the powerful force that creates the cosmic illusion that the phenomenal world is real. Fuck that. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, so is that just consciousness? It's magic. Is that what we're talking about? No, it's magic, Dave. It's it's magic. What if consciousness is the actual simulation? Like somebody viewing through everything that you're doing. Like we're avatars? Or just like a viewing party? A viewing party? There is also Plato's allegory of the cave story from the ancient Greek philosopher's book, The Republic. It explores how humans perceive reality and whether there is any higher truth to existence. We won't dive into the story at all, but if you're interested in the allegory of the cave, it really does explore how what we perceive to be reality is not necessarily always that. It's a simplistic way to look at, like Dave said, the Indian philosophy of Maya, where it is an illusion. Well, not everybody is not everyone's reality is linear. Very true. And of course, let us not forget, there is the famous version of the hypothesis that was theorized by a French philosopher, René Descartes, who famously stated, cogito ergo sum, or I think, therefore I am. Well, let's explore our reality, or pressing play on The Sims. To explore this simulation theory, we should first explore what we perceive as reality. Now, reality is defined as anything we can perceive with one or more of our five senses. However, some alternative thinkers, such as philosophers and physicists, argue that this is not always the case. Let's not forget that smells, sounds, and colors do not exist in the outside world. Wrap your head around that. What do you mean? Outside of your body. So it's a result of a collision between the outside world and your sense organs or your brain. So your brain interprets oh. a smell. But isn't the smell actually there? Yeah, the smell is not actually there. So in the outside world, things that you smell are not actually smelling. It's just how your brain interprets your smell or a sound. Like sound. Sounds are vibrations. Uh -huh. And the vibrations enter your ear canal, and then they are interpreted by your brain to be a certain sound. And everyone hears differently, yeah. I'm more so intrigued with the colors. I'm intrigued with the smell, because like there's certain animals that give off certain pheromones, you know, mark their territory. Yes. So that smell is obviously real, but you're saying just we perceive it a certain way, or it's not really there? It's the way that we perceive it. So it's there, 
Oh. It's the way that we perceive it. So an animal might perceive a smell differently than a human. Okay. We're not going okay. around sniffing asses. It's not something we do. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> but it all boils down to the perception of that smell or that color or that sound or whatever it may be. It's just like the argument that Frank always brings oh, I was up. just going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Is your color red the same as my color red? Probably not. And we're not talking about being colorblind. We're talking about if I see red as red or you see red as green, but you still think it's red because it's all you've It's known. the same thing with music interpretation. You could have five people in a band listening to one of their songs and everybody's hearing it differently, but it's mm -hmm. all coming together collectively. That is a great analogy. It's all in how our brains interpret these things. In my experience with that, I'm listening to the drums in the bass because I'm a bass player but not everybody does that a lot of I might be playing the notation of the guitar but what I'm listening for is the drum patterns and then even the vocal patterns that are happening in a song but mm -hmm. if you're a guitar player you might be interpreting I'm listening to just the notation of the drums I'm not even paying attention to the bass so when I listen to music I can pick out certain instruments and actually almost tune out the rest of them but other people perceive the same exact song we might love the same song, but you hear it completely different. It's strange. These senses that we spoke of are nothing more than an input of electrical impulses, perceived by our dream state minds. After all, that's pretty much the sum of all human experience and feelings, our brains just interpreting messages sent by our bodies. Just flesh computers? Yeah, we're just a, a, a mech bot. Flesh mech. <laughs> flesh bots. <laughs> oh no they're the coming hush hush product hush hush society conspiracy hour proudly endorses the fleshlight <laughs> rizwan verk a tech entrepreneur and the author of the simulation hypothesis says quote simply because we perceive the world as real and material doesn't mean that it is so in fact, the findings of quantum physics may shed some doubt on the fact that the material universe is real. The more that scientists look for the material in the material world, the more they find that it doesn't exist. Mm. So we talking about like dark matter? I interpret it as they are talking about all matter. What it all boils down to, as we all know, is, is energy. Every kind of piece of atom or neutrons, it all boils down to energy things that we're looking at as real we're able to hold or we're able to interact with are not necessarily real within a quantum realm it's very heavy sciencey stuff <laughs> yeah it's a quantum physics essentially what bases a lot of this we will get into it but it eventually dives into quantum computing which is a whole nother realm in itself buckle in forgot my pocket protector for this one bro. get your this protractors <laughs> out hushlings <laughs> physicist john wheeler who collaborated with albert einstein during his lifetime physics had progressed from the notion that quote everything is a particle to quote everything is information according to wheeler he also coined a well-known scientific phrase it from bit, which means that everything is founded on information. Even the notion of a particle in physics is, quote, loose. It's like when we talk about gravity, how gravity is like a hypothesis, or it's a scientific guess, essentially. When it comes to these particles and these things that make up, quote, matter, they are not necessarily there, they're just assumed to be there. Like, as far as we can make sense of it, it has to be there. But it's just theoretical. It's like building blocks. It's this invisible glue holding together everything that we can't necessarily see. So, I mean, it's probably there, but maybe yeah, not. It's, true. it's like looking at a building and knowing that inside the building is like a steel skeleton. You don't see it. Yeah, that jet fuel can't melt through. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. All right. Well, Welcome I'm to sorry. season four. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well. We know that a building has a steel skeleton. We just don't see it. We just know that it's there. Yeah. Or we assume that it's there. It's a very base analogy, but... A good one, nonetheless. Mm. Thanks. Let us dive into the science. The big words, 
the things that make your reality possibly not real at all. Let's put on our lab coats. First, we'll take a look at the massive computing power that it would take to produce a simulated world. It's said by believers of simulation theory that it would be possible to take a computer the size of our universe to create a simulation as complex as the world that we live in. This is believed due to the fact that in the simulation, every human being would have to have their own experience, feelings, input, and complex relationships with other said avatars. To represent the universe in full detail, the computer attempting to simulate it would require more matter than exists in our current universe. But this is also assuming that the matter we perceive is also not just a rendering made by the simulation program. To put this in perspective, today's GPU cards, or graphic processor units, approach one teraflop in speed, or one trillion operations per second. So a hundred billion of today's GPU cards could do it. Bitminers are like salivating. <laughs> They're like, I can make a universe. <laughs> this part of it, it goes back to that whole perception thing of what we perceive to be matter. One of the biggest scientific arguments against simulation theory would be that there isn't enough matter in the universe and the computing power would have to be outrageous and whatever it may be. But a lot of scientists also acknowledge that computing power may not necessarily have a cap or a limit. So it is possible that with the advancement of technology and the advancement of computing, even look at how far we've come in 50 years. Now imagine another thousand years, what we could do with computing power. Could computer chips or GPUs become the size of a grain of sand? And could you have a billion of them create a simulation in the future? Absolutely. That's one of the biggest arguments is that there isn't enough computing power and the, the amount of computer and space that we would have to take up to create that computer that could create the simulation would be too massive. Even at grain to sand computers? But they don't think of it that way. They just look at it as it would be too big. Like your Dell desktop. Well, as of right now, they would be too big. Yeah. So everybody thinks in terms of the time of now. So if you were to try to build that computer now to make a realistic interface with a simulation world between a human and a computer, it would be impossible due to the computing power that we have now. Whatever being it would be, whether it be humans in the future, like us making video games like The Sims, I keep making jokes about it, but it would be eons ahead of us. Like you said, the computers could literally be like the size of fucking atoms. Yeah, supercomputers, incomprehensibly small. Can you imagine it being just like a whole nother Earth and the person's just running VR and just fucking up your 2020 and 2021? <laughs> There's an argument for that. Well, this brings us to the point of you don't necessarily need to simulate everything, just enough to be indistinguishable to conscious observers. So this could be a lot more plausible than you realize. To begin, your brain processing ability is greatly undermined by the following factors. Your brain's number of neurons and synapses, so the limits of your brain to perceive the world around you. The ability of the brain to analyze reality in real time. So it's said that we're kind of always a nanosecond behind or a second behind the actions that are actually happening within the world. Does that explain our like reaction time? It's more just like an unmeasurable amount of time. If you see something move, technically it moved probably a half a second before you notice that it moved because your eyes and your brain can't interpret things going that fast. It's like the argument to be made that you couldn't see something traveling at light speed or whatever. Mm. Your, your brain just can't handle it. Just lag. Pretty much, yeah. And there's also the cognitive ability to conduct studies on reality using, quote, physical equipment. And lastly, your philosophical ability to accurately discern and distinguish the real world. Brings you back to the, my red is different than your red. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
that's one of the limitations of trying to figure out if a simulation is possible also is that we are limited to using the equipment that exists within our world how can you measure something outside of the simulation when you're using equipment that's inside the simulation does that bring us into simulated simulations within simulations within simulations. Well, I mean, that would be the case, right? We're playing video games. That kind of boils down to, like we said, where you get into quantum computing. So quantum computing is when a computer can create a computer within itself, and then eventually it replicates over and over and over and over again. So you have computers within computers within computers within computers. Now see, that's that's when you're getting into some trippy shit. Because we were at a certain point for a very long time, you could play one of the original Pokemon games on Game Boy, and you go onto a, a computer with a Pokedex, and you're, you're in a computer mm-hmm. on an actual handheld thing on your school bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, just imagine that with ultra-realistic graphics. Can you imagine just getting blasted by a laser beam in Fallout and those people actually feel that shit? They're like, oh, no, <laughs> no. The horrors that I've committed at Bethesda games, I hope it's not real. <laughs> I was just playing New Vegas today. Oh, wonderful. And I, I hope that none of those people can feel anything. No, they did. Now, although it's possible the simulation would only have to simulate what our brains can perceive at any given moment. For example, loading the current city you are in, worth of AI or NPCs, surroundings, actions, and abilities, all the while leaving the rest of the unseen world blank, only to be loaded when you enter those sections. Now, a lot of modern video games already do this sort of thing to kind of save on computing power and Mm -hmm. graphical demand. Pretty much, you're only seeing your direct surroundings. You can only interact with what you can see and observe so that everything outside of that, so say I can only see my street and the street parallel to it right now. That's saying that two blocks over pretty much hasn't loaded up yet. No. Making it easier for a simulation like that to run smoothly. Pretty much any video game works that way if you have played video games that have fog of war on its map it doesn't show the entire map until you explore it Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's the same kind of interpretation wherever you go you haven't seen it yet you can see it on a map but you haven't physically loaded it now does that go for things that are behind you as well Mm. because really without a mirror you can't see behind you and even if you're looking at a mirror you're not really looking at what's behind you like i said I can see my street and the street parallel to me. Does that mean behind me isn't loaded up yet? Could be. Until I turn around and check it out? Could be. It's all in how the simulation is coded. Could that be why every time you go to a place, like say Disneyland, for example, recently, the Avengers Academy, new attraction, you're doing loops around like the whole area. And every time you go by, you see something new. Not new people, not different people, like NPCs, you know, like Frock said, moving around, but different things. You'd start to notice, like, objects and different things that you didn't notice. Is it because your brain's computing power wasn't quick enough to load everything in the area? Or was it not there the first time? Oh, God. Or it could be, like you said, your, your brain just didn't interpret it the first time around. It's like, think of how many times you've watched a movie. Mm. multiple times where the first time you watched the movie you saw the things and then the second time you watched the movie you said oh i didn't notice that the first time that i watched it i think it's more your ability to observe if your brain can observe things quick enough it would register with you another weird thing is that if there's a malfunction or a problem with the simulation loading around you the computer merely needs to just reset the scene for a few seconds to repair the said program this could explain deja vu or why the sensation might be so brief i don't know it's it's a pretty deep rabbit hole deja vu and i have a kind of funky relationship i have a quick question for you when is the last time that either of you felt or experienced deja vu Probably, I can't pinpoint it, but in the past week. In the past week, really? For sure. Okay. Dave? Um, probably within the last, like, two months. Okay, it's been years since I've 
experienced deja vu. Oh my god, Mike's really? turned off. I have a theory about deja vu, and and again, like Dave said, I don't want to dive too much into it, but my theory of deja vu is that every time that you experience deja vu, you actually die. Okay, yep. And it kind of goes along with what we just said, where if there was an issue with the simulation loading, it would reset a few seconds earlier, and that's why you get that feeling of been here, done that type of thing. Like you respawn? Like you die in that moment somewhere else is death, is what you're implying. Yes, either through an action that you made or something happened in that moment of deja vu where you ended and then you were just reset. That's a fantastic view on it because I felt the same exact way a couple times. I just tend to think of it differently. Not so much, okay, here is a death point, but more so here is a branch off into an alternate reality. You know, at at some point I was here and now I'm diverging from where what I'm remembering right now, what I'm experiencing right now. Now, deja vu and I, that could be like a fucking book, dude. I could write a book on this shit and (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental illness. I, I can't tell you, but it's been probably for four, five years now that I've been having very bizarre experiences with deja vu and this this experience has evolved it started off with me noticing i was having deja vu very frequently to where i would tell people how frequently it was happening and they'd be like blown away so i was like okay maybe i should pay a little bit more attention to this stuff since like it's bizarre how frequently i'm experiencing it and then it got to the point where I felt as though I was experiencing deja vu moments before it actually happened. I would be like, okay, something's about to happen. I can feel it coming Mm. on and then bam, deja vu. And, you know, it might sound like I'm talking out of my ass, but I swear it's true. No, I, I relate to that feeling because I think, and I don't know if it's, if it's an experience or the way that it's experienced by everyone, but it's almost like a fade in, fade out type of thing where if you hear a sound that is fading in, you can hear it a little bit and then it gets louder and louder and then it fades away again. That's kind of how deja vu feels, like you said, where you kind of feel it coming and then it really hits and then it's gone. Such a weird and very odd feeling. So the most bizarre part of the relationship deja vu and i have is that i experience it on a fairly frequent basis it's really strange so over the course of like say two months for example i'll experience it heavily multiple times a day for say a week and a half or two weeks and then the following week and a half not at all and then for a couple of days here and there and then bam for for a good week or two weeks straight multiple times a day And it's kind of been on this cycle for maybe like two years now. I'll go through like two week periods where it's just happening heavily four or five times a day. Very strange. I think there's something to it. Yeah. It's not just this strange, oh, I dreamt of this once. Like there's something to it for sure. Your KD must suck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I do a lot of stupid shit. (laughs) So maybe you're tapping into another dimension since you have a lot of paranormal experience as well oh maybe yeah that no now that you say that it was around the time of living in that house that Uh, all this started happening but i was also experimenting with drugs substances (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know we'll see where deja vu goes yeah maybe a a little segment or bonus episode within our Patreon will explore deja vu a little bit more. That'd be fun. Hushlings, we will return in a moment. Hey there, Hush Puppies. Mystery Mike here. We're ecstatic to have you as members of the Hush Hush Society and to receive your continued support into year two. We're always trying to improve to make our debriefings more enjoyable for you. It would help us immensely to have your input. Simply leave our show a rating and let us know how we're doing and what we can do better. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Podchaser.com, or even on our website, 
HushHushSociety.com. Thank you for making the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour what it is today, and we can't wait to show you what we have in store. Be well, Hushlings. Greetings, Hushlings. Slick Frank Sanders here. We are hitching a ride through space and joining a few non-terrestrial officers aboard a ship of the secret space program. We explore the notion that we have been moving about our solar system for far longer than NASA has led on. Join us on an interstellar mission of dark truths. September 21st for Debriefing 32, The Secret Space Program. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. When physicists Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Kovrazai published an article titled Quantized Gravitational Responses, The Sign Problem, and Quantum Complexity in the journal Science Advances in 2017, it was widely assumed that the simulation theory had been definitively disproven. The hitch was that their study was only tangentially related to simulation, which Zohar later described as not really a scientific topic. What a hater. <laughs> they demonstrated that a classical computing technique known as Quantum Monte Carlo, which is used to simulate quantum particles like photons and electrons and shit like that was insufficient to simulate a quantum computer itself. A breakthrough that would eliminate the need to physically build these next generation machines, which would be a fairly difficult task. And if modeling a quantum computer is impossible, forget about simulating a whole universe. But again, that is also measuring something within our physical world. It goes back to that whole thing where doing some sort of research or doing some sort of experiment won't really work when you're doing that experiment within this realm of existence. They're disproving that we can actually simulate reality right now, not that we're living in one. I mean, obviously we're not simulating an entire multiverse in 2021. It no. would be on the headlines everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible right now. And obviously these guys prove that. No arguing with that, but you literally can't disprove that we're in one. It's impossible to do so, at yeah. least within the simulation. Ah. Another thing and most likely the most daunting task, the complexity of our brain, would be creating an effective brain interface. A system that interacts and interprets the billions of neurons of the human brain is so far off from what we can do right now. Like I said before, it'd have to be a civilization that is just so far ahead of us. And that's something that we discussed in the mind uploading episode, where there's so many different things to map out a human brain. Mm -hmm. And mapping out a mouse brain is worlds apart from mapping out a human brain. They said something like they could map out a mouse brain, but in order to map out a human brain, they would have to map out a mouse's brain a thousand times. Mm -hmm. to equal a human brain yeah with our current technology and with even technology that you could see in the in the next 50 years i don't think that we could map out an entire brain to interact with a simulation like that no well swedish philosopher nick bostrom who is one of the most well-known believers of a simulated universe he explained in a seminal article in 2003 titled you are living in a computer simulation very straightforward <laughs> how future generations may be equipped with mega computers capable of conducting numerous and detailed simulations namely quote ancestor simulations with simulated life forms imbued with a kind of artificial consciousness i watched his episode one of his episodes with joe rogan and nick bostrom yeah listen to him talk about how the ancestor simulation and it's our ancestors one theory could be that it's us in the future and they're trying mm -hmm. to relive what i guess could have been in a sense like assassin's now. creed that's literally what assassin's creed is it's going back and simulating your ancestors yeah hmm. ancestor simulations could be nothing more than a programmed file based on the actions and decisions of a previously living person 
this would introduce the idea of fate or predetermined destiny that we as humans sometimes feel. We're repeating the same actions over and over in an eternal loop of a historical program. Living in an avatar of a person who lived and died eons before. That could explain deja vu too. It very well could. Mm-hmm. Bostrom goes on to say, quote, Then it could be the case that the vast majority of minds like ours do not belong to the original race, but rather to people simulated by the advanced descendants of the original race. It is then possible to argue that if this were the case, we would be rational to think that we are likely among the simulated minds, rather among the original biological ones. End quote. See, mm. that's... <laughs> yeah, it's The Sims, dude. But it's pre-programmed. That's the difference. It's not like someone's controlling you, like you're playing black and white, and you got a hand floating over you, and you're just yeah. controlling everything. Predetermined. It's like watching a first-person movie, or like a first-person view type of... I would say a movie, just because you're not controlling what happens. You're mm. just in the driver's seat. You could be living a life as declassified Dave and declassified Dave has been dead for 5,000 years and you are just some advanced version of a human being or advanced version of us way in the future reliving Dave's life in different time periods in a different time period yes that should make you feel kind of special then no that's why everyone should feel special hushlings you should all feel somebody special. gets to experience 2021 through your skin mech well they shouldn't feel fucking <laughs> special then <laughs> they should no no you should but it also could be just exploring the human experience so if we are these advanced beings these advanced humans maybe we're not human anymore Maybe we have moved into some sort of energy-based or some weird, crazy type of being, and we forgot what it's like to be humans. They just want to fucking cry and eat McGriddles, and this is the only way they can do it. <laughs> well said. Well said. Hushlings, go get yourself a McGriddle. Live your life. <laughs> the Hush Hush Society proudly endorses McDonald's. Mm-mm, good. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> good. <laughs> Guys... Even more terrifying is that none of us exist, and we're all AI or NPCs, non-playable characters, that are a part of a quantum computer program with the intelligent ability to interact with other non-humans. Possibly a program that runs a simulation to observe human interactions, how long our species would last before destroying itself, or how quickly we could evolve to a higher state of being. There's been a bunch of physicists that have said it. Michio Kaku, I'm pretty sure, has said it. That most civilizations at our level, or that could have gotten to our level, have killed themselves off before they could be advanced enough to go interplanetary. We're kind of doomed. Well, if we're NPCs, we're fucked. Yeah. Even if you weren't, what are you going to do today if you're not an NPC? If you are a real, playable, simulated character within this simulation... What will you do today that would change the world significantly to make sure that civilization continues to exist? I recycled. <laughs> wow. There you go. Killing it. <clears throat> wow. Put it in the blue bin, guys. I washed my hands. Wow. Now, this leads us to the idea of who or what is controlling said simulation. It's most probable that if we are in a simulation with the technology needed, that it is an ultra-advanced civilization. One that has the capabilities of creating the simulation with all of its variables and intricacies. It could be alien to us or an evolved version of us. That's probably one of the most interesting ways of explaining it, or theories, that it's us in the future. You know what I think would be interesting? even more so than, it, than it's us in the future or something completely alien. What if AI completely coded the simulation to create a sense for what created it? Well, that's another possibility. Much mm. like the computer takeover of Skynet in Terminator. You know, you got the Matrix and an AI could be running the simulation and harvest our bodies to keep us in an unconscious state as a form of subjugation. Harvesting our bodies, like Nanonaki, they're just using us. Which is very 
possible if you look at biofuel. Just think in terms of biofuel, a human body has so much energy within itself and it creates so much energy that it is very possible that humans could be harvested for energy. We were the clean energy all along. We were the clean energy we were looking for. <laughs> what a twist ending. It's the blood. There is one thing that I wanted to dive into, and it was something that I saw in this recent documentary. If you haven't seen it, it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. I believe it's on one of the streaming sites. But super interesting, and it follows people that believe in simulation theory and how they live their lives and how deep they've delved into believing that they're in a simulation. One of the people that it follows, he was telling a story about how the movie The Matrix really resonated with him when it first came out, and he was kind of this outsider kid, and he had a huge poster of The Matrix in his room, and he could recite the movie line for line. And if you're familiar with, like, the ending quote from Neo when he goes and he picks up the payphone and he starts talking to the computers, kind of sending out a warning, saying, he's coming, he's coming to, to take them out. So this guy is talking, and apparently he went into his kitchen, he picked up the phone, he said this exact same thing into a dial tone on the phone. Didn't dial a number, nothing. Said this exact thing word for word into the phone. Hung up the phone. He uh, then went downstairs into the basement and he murdered his mother and father because he believed that they were NPCs, that they were part of the program and they were sent there to make his life hell because they were abusive to him. So he killed his mother and father with a shotgun and he went to court he went to trial and it created the very first ever plea of, of its kind he didn't plead insanity none of that they created a new plea called the matrix plea or the matrix doctrine or something whatever it's called it states that the killer or the perpetrator fully believes that they are living inside of a simulation and that is why they killed That's so he tricky. used this defense and he is surprisingly not the only person that's ever used that defense wow did somebody talk to him through a dial tone no he just thought this is the way to talk to the simulation or to talk to the controllers of the simulation much like in the matrix movie that's how obsessed with not only the Matrix movie, but also with the thought of him living fully in a simulation. And he was so deep-seated in his belief of being in a simulation that he felt nothing killing his own parents. Because he didn't think that they were real. Yeah, that's next level deep. How egotistic to think my parents aren't real, but I am. I'm real. <laughs> yeah. You're the guy in the Matrix that's real. Yeah, okay. Okay, pal. That doesn't make sense to me. That's another argument against the simulation theory, and it was put up by this doctor. She had said, why would higher beings or aliens or whatever put us into a simulation? We are so full of ourselves, and we are such destructive beings that it would just be all about us, us, us. It's kind of a selfish thing to believe, like you said, Frank, that you are a person in the Matrix and those around you are just NPCs. Yeah, but again, we listed multiple reasons earlier as to why some sort of future civilization would want to simulate this. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. anything else. Yep. The same reason we simulate shit. To see what would happen, to view the outcomes of what could possibly be. But that counter-argument does make pretty good sense. I see where she's coming from. Well, Hushlings, we're going to wrap up this episode with a quote from cosmologist Paul Davies, who's been interviewed incessantly about simulation theory. He says, Mathematicians have proved that a universal computing machine can create an artificial world that is itself capable of simulating its own world and so on ad infinitum. In other words, simulations nest inside simulations inside simulations because fake worlds can outnumber real worlds without restriction. The quote, real multiverse would inevitably spawn a vastly greater number of virtual multiverses. Indeed, there would be a limitless tower of virtual multiverses, leaving the quote, real one swamped in a sea of fakes. 
So the bottom line is, once we go far enough down this multiverse route, all bets are off. Reality goes into the melting pot, and there is no reason to believe we are living in anything but a Matrix-style simulation. Science is then reduced to a charade, because the simulators of our world, whoever or whatever they are, can create any pseudo-laws they please and keep changing them. Scary stuff. It's kind of like what we said before where a computer creates a computer creates a computer forever and ever. He believes that if we are in a simulation, there is a real world somewhere, but it is lost in the mix somewhere. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. And as he mentioned, you know, multiverse, that really brings up like multiverse theory. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. they go hand in hand. That brings us to our final thoughts. Dave? I think that there's a very good chance that we're, we could be living in a simulation. I think wrapping your own consciousness of your individual self around that is the most daunting to think about. To be like, well, I'm talking right now. We're talking about simulation theory. We kept mentioning it's a pre could be a pre-programmed simulation. So everything that we're doing is something that we're supposed to be doing. And we just don't know it yet. The weirdest part about all of it to me is that I'm thinking these things and I'm living my life. But why? And I think that's what I mentioned before with consciousness. That's the biggest thing that I could think of that we could be in a simulation. Not that there's like a puppet master doing it. Something may have created the computer that created the computer that created the computer that we had spoken of. But why do I do the things that, you know, like 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 Frank, like Frank said, do a lot of stupid shit. Why do we do this shit that we do? You know, <laughs> is it just us, the human being, being a human being? And that's what we do. I think consciousness has a very close relationship with what we're talking about. And I think we'll probably have to touch on this again because we just kind of scratched the surface. Mm, very much so. Plug the prongs a little bit in, just the tip. And uh, we didn't fully plug into this whole thing. But all in all, for me, I think it's 50-50. I think we could just be flesh monkeys running around on a little ball in the middle of space. Or we could be something that is a remnant in the sea of what could be, you know, like we said, the tower of different realities. It's hard to explain. I would say that it is very difficult to explain simulation theory in general but all the intricacies that go along with it and all the minute details and the science especially is daunting but it does kind of explain a lot of things that maybe i believe in or have believed in much like time is repeating forever and ever i believe that if that is true if time is is repeating forever and ever and we're doing what we're doing for the billionth time or the trillionth time throughout the universe and throughout time and space then that does kind of point to some sort of program a program that explains a lot of other things maybe we do those dumb things because we are going off mission and we're doing these little side quests or we're we've been doing the mission for a long time and it's two o'clock in the morning and you have to wake up for work so now it's time to just jump your bike off a cliff or something but <laughs> i would say a simulation is very intriguing i would say if our consciousness which can't be explained is some sort of driver or passenger even of this ride they've wiped out their memories or something and this is the only reality that exists as of right now whoever's inside of you doesn't remember the real world until the simulation ends i believe that there is something more to this world that we live in and these bodies that we inhabit and the space that we're given it's a wild thought like dave said it's very hard to put into words but i would love to revisit this topic whether it be a, a patreon extra or just some sort of bonus episode that we put out because we definitely didn't get into a lot of the science we didn't get into a lot of the people that are proponents for it it would definitely be a fun topic to get back into with it being a simulation i guess we questioned what the beings could have been who they could be who is creating this now a lot of the accounts real quick of people who have done either dmt and ayahuasca form mm -hmm. have encountered entities that are so happy that we've encountered them yep. 
that has weight and i think that's what we should revisit there's so many different branches to this thing yeah the mechanical elves yeah <laughs> frank final thoughts frog's final thought i don't know i, don't, I feel a lot of things um <laughs> Let me start here. Let me start right here. If simulation theory is new to you, if this is the first that you're hearing about it, take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. Second off, whether you subscribe to here we are in the one and only real world or you're a religious sort of person or you, you believe in the multiverse and that there's an, an infinite amount of you or you're deep in the simulation theory no matter what you believe in in terms of reality or consciousness i think that you should go about doing what you do on your daily as you do it when you do it how you want to do it no matter what reality really boils down to you are you and you're gonna do you it doesn't really matter what reality is just don't blast right? your parents with a shotgun <laughs> yeah don't do that that's not cool do do normal things for the most part I think somewhere in the universe, in space, somewhere in time, there might be a simulated universe. I think that technology here on Earth in 2021 is ramping up very, very scarily quick. And something like that isn't so far out of the realm of possibility that's ridiculous. I'd rather not be living in a simulation right now, but like if we are, it is what it is. As we discussed earlier, Unfortunately, there's really no scientific method to figure that out necessarily. It's a pretty overwhelming subject. Agreed. Stay <laughs> humble. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. You, do you. Just know if you get unplugged from the Matrix, it'll be painless. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Again, I'd like to reiterate, I'd love to get back into the subject at some point. Again, whether it be in our episodes, in our normal debriefings, or somewhere down the line on, on Patreon, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of discussion to be had. I don't know about you guys, but I could definitely sit here and bullshit about simulation theory for hours oh, yeah. and hours. There's endless conversation to be had. We are definitely uh, limiting our time on it. <laughs> Yeah, the debriefing stuff, you know. Maybe we can release for the Patreon a debriefing 31.1 mm. episode. We can hit it for like 16 hours of our 36-hour broadcast. 72 hours? We're going to do a marathon <laughs> podcast episode on simulation Yo, theory. Yo, what if we did 72 hours on just straight simulation banter? No peeing, no eating. Hushlings, we just want to let you know that the longest, the record for the longest podcast ever is 36 hours, and we plan on breaking that shit. Join us for one of three days. <laughs> <laughs> or all three. Or all three. Well, that's going to do it for Debriefing 31 Simulation Theory. What were your thoughts? Did we miss anything? Did we have a flaw in our line of code? You can hit us up at contact at hushhushsociety.com. And Hushlings, join us for Debriefing 32 on Monday, September 20th for the Secret Space Program. Also, Hushlings, next week, September 13th, the first declassified discussion of the season with ben hansen you're not gonna want to miss it tune in thank you again for joining the hush hush society conspiracy hour i'm declassified dave and i'm mystery mike and i'm slick frank sanders beautiful fucking lines of code you i'm a real boy until our next debriefing remember the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight